Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What up, what up, what up, podcast party people, how you doing, how you living, how you feeling, hopefully you're recovering from the last week of crazy insanity, we had Trevor, we lost Trevor on Thursday. We had a white supremacist go on a gun rampage, killing 12 people in Buffalo. 10 people, 12 people. It's fucking horrible. 12 black people went to a predominantly black neighborhood because he believed that in replacement theory. Yeah, that kind of shit. That's what's been going on. It's been a crazy fucking week, man. Full of ups and downs, I can tell you that. And I tell you, on Thursday, I went to Pearl Jam on Thursday, which was much needed after hearing about the news of Trevor. And uh, let me just start by saying, holy fuck, that was awesome. So the day starts out, the the show starts out with uh, Eddie Vedder walking up and saying that Matt Cameron, the drummer, caught COVID and is, uh, can't perform the show. So the opening band drummer learns the set, like half the set. And then they call up, uh, I guess, Jeff Amont, the drummer, uh, the bass player, Jeff Jeff Amont, I don't know if I'm saying his name right calls up this drummer that was basically the dude who demoed the Vitology record for them, I guess. And uh, Eddie told this story during the show. And, you know, this guy kind of quit. The music. He might still be playing in music, but he's a, he is full-time a professor at San Francisco State. So he calls up this dude who he hasn't talked to in forever, and he's just like, hey, want to come down and play an arena show tonight? And, uh, Dude's like, yeah, I, I think I do. And so he comes down and learns. I guess he learned, I guess he already knew a bunch of Pearl Jam stuff. Comes out and not to say anything against the opening drummer who was also great and played the songs great. But when they brought this dude up, holy shit, this motherfucker was bad ass, dude. 
he was a fucking beast. Like he just made these songs come alive. It was crazy. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, they had to kind of change the set around because I just, so you know, I love Pearl Jam. Like I fucking love Pearl Jam. One of my favorite bands. I've seen them since I've seen them since the 10 album at the Warfield. I saw them opening for the screaming trees and Allison chains at the I beam in San Francisco when they were called Mookie Blaylock. I thought they sucked. I was just like, Pfft. And then Rob Cavastani from Death Angel came up to me that night, and he's just like, that band's going to be fucking huge. And I just laughed at him. I was just like, no. And, yeah, he, he, he called it. The call of all calls. And, uh, yeah, man, it was just such a good set. So many. And it opened with Rockin' in the Free. Keep on rocking in the free world. Close with yellow bed letter, dude. They brought a fan up from the audience to play the drums, tested him for COVID. They're like, oh, you're negative. Okay, get up there. They play yellow bed letter. I'd never seen him play that. I love that fucking song. Total deep cut B-side off of the 10 album era. And uh, man, so many great songs just in between. It was it was a really fantastic show. I I can't even tell you how much I needed it. And I tell you what, man, like, you know, there's so many little things that the the fans do with the bootlegs and everybody kind of knows these, like the, the keyboard player's name is Boom. And I guess he used to surf with Eddie Vedder and now he's in the band. And, you know, like, so like, he's like, introduces Boom. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, Boom, what's whatever his last name is. And the whole crowd goes, Boom, like an arena of people. Like, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, what's going on? They're like, oh, they're like, that's the thing. Everybody says, Boom. You know, like certain songs, like, you know, like Eddie does this fucking left hand, right hand, everybody does it with them. And there was just so many little, just so many little ins and outs that were cool and just so many things. Set list was amazing. And this, the connection they had with the crowd, man, like it was electrifying. Only band I know who can sell the seats behind the stage. <laughs> They have seats behind the fucking stage for sale. They don't have a backdrop. They just got like a little kind of black curtain to curtain off like the amps and the road crew and stuff. But yeah, it was wild. Go to my Instagram and look at the, and the videos that I put up there. Um, yeah, it was killer. And I got to tell you, man, like I've been to, I've been going to concerts since August, August once we, because that's about when we really started opening up and having shows here in California, Northern California. And, uh, and now it's like crazy. It's been an insane amount of shows, but, and I go to them and I haven't, th that Pearl Jam show was the first time where I was like, man, I got to get back on stage again. Like I've got to get on stage and fucking play. Like I, I just was so fucking, it was such a thrilling night, man. It was exhilarating. Pearl Jam fucking brought, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, do not miss this tour. It's so fucking good. They were amazing. Amazing. Goosebumps. I got goosebumps five or six times during this, during the night. Fucking got all up. I was fucking almost crying during black. I was thinking of fucking Trevor. I was like, Jesus. And, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, it was killer. So good. I did a uh, a kind of standalone podcast about Trevor. You know, a lot of got a lot of great feedback from it, man. And uh, you know, a lot of you said what I'd hope you'd say, which was it's not too soon. You know, James Ray wrote, Trevor was built from a different cloth. The world more, needs more people like him, and it's a darker place now that he's gone. Uh, give me the amulet. Honestly, man, I can't think of enough. Thank you enough for posting this as soon as you have. I felt disconnected from reality since yesterday afternoon, so seeing people talk about it helps. Black Dahlia Murder's routine of releasing an album ever to you cemented them as much a part of our lives for nearly 20 years. It was a ritual. Trevor was all of us, the living embodiment of the 15-year-old kid. We all are, or were. Trevor was a great poet and a musician. The world seems to have less in it because of his passing, wrote Hugo Flores. El Duce wrote, Trevor Stan was absolutely wonderful, kind, and positive ambassador in the heavy metal community. He was truly an amazing soul, and I will miss him dearly. Chris Allison wrote another person we lost to the isolation brought on by the pandemic. He said to himself in that interview, he can't and shouldn't be left alone with his thoughts. Herb Philipson wrote, I'm so fortunate to have shared a room with him on a few occasions. Such a cool dude. A lot of metal guys take themselves so goddamn seriously, but these guys are just so humble and talented. Good reminder, Dan Eady wrote, good reminder to check on your mates no matter how quote-unquote happy they seem. Thanks for the video, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was rough. Yeah, just crazy. I still am kind of shocked. I'm just fucking still rattled by it. You know, Taylor Larson wrote, I hope you found peace. Thank you for sharing your gift. Watch over us, brother. Thanks, Rob, trying to process this tragedy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna read any more of these. Pretty tough though. But thank you for everybody for writing in. You know. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of comments here, so, you know, I, I can't read all of them right now, but just a lot of, a lot, a lot of feedback, you know, slay them before me. I love you forever and forever. It shall be. You were the most brilliant and poetic lyricist in the history of metal to me and your highs were unmatched grimness and your love for underground metal was insanely intense. True warrior of metal. Rest in peace. We'll miss you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, a couple of you guys were tripped out. The influence that he had on the blackening with the band that he turned me on to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then you click on Trevor, and then it's like so many Trevor things up there. Ugh. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So we got through that. Hopefully you're processing it okay. Um, I've got 
Am I going to play this? Am I going to play this? Let me see here. I'm going to play some music by Municipal Waste. I have got Tony Foresta from Municipal Waste on here. And I tell you what, this is not going to be, this is, if you're feeling sad or you're feeling bummed out about this horrible fucking shooting that happened in Buffalo, New York, horrific, horrific shooting. If you're feeling bad about the Pascal Trevor, well, let me tell you, you're in for a treat because this is a pretty fucking funny interview, man. Tony's a, he's fucking funny. This this was a good time. Not quite. It's not as funny as the Billy from Biohazard interview, which was just everybody went crazy. I haven't had that much feedback about an interview in so long. Motherfuckers loved that shit. But uh, this was a great one. This was a really fun, fun interview, man. And it kind of happened. It happened two days before all this. So we were able to, you know. I can not have to go into any of it, but, uh, yeah, municipal waste killer thrash band. Check this out. This is the art of partying. Headbanger face rip. Killer key changes. From their first album, full length album, I should say. Not technically the first album. This is uh, Unleash the Bastards. This is called the thrashing of the Christ. Banger right here. It's such a banger live. And they played this live the other day. I saw them when they were supporting obituary. Woo! Brought the house down. 
this right here is called You're Cut Off. I love that. That's the best. Opening track of a slide and punishment. Breathe grease. This is Grave Dive. Not Stage Dive, bro, but Grave Dive. Welcome the mighty, mighty Tony Foresta from Municipal Waste. Tony Foresta, how you doing, Hello. man? Hi, how are you? Good are to you see you again. Are you drinking a red stripe? No, it's, it's, it looks like it's just a, a coffee. Oh, okay. Uh, it looks like a beer, though. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I'm not, I'm not going that big today. It's, it's only two right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Start, start a little bit later. Well, loosen up for this interview. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've been I've been seeing uh, you all over Frank from Hate Breeds uh, Instagram feed. Like you guys are just the baseball games and hanging out. <laughs> yeah, he's like my uh, mentor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my Florida mentor. He like talked to. Me. I I just moved down here a few years ago, a couple two years ago. Um, but for years. He lives by my mom on the other coast of Florida, but for years he was trying to talk me into moving down here. And I, I told him I had like a plan to eventually move to Florida. And, um, he really pushed that plan into action. He just really, uh, so me and him are always doing fun stuff. I I love Frank, man. Frank's the best. Yeah. He's a Disney freak. The guy, they should do a movie about that guy. (laughs) Documentary. Have you guys, have you guys been to Disney like seventeen times already? <laughs> we did we, we did that uh, the Epcot drinking around the world thing that he hosts. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. So um, me and my lady did that, and it was outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> we were smart. We got a hotel room on Epcot. Oh, there you uh, go. So they drove. They had so much. They had like a shuttle or something. Okay. But they live like an hour south. But we we like 
crawl back to the hotel room from Epcot. And it was, we literally crawled back. That's epic. I want to yeah. do that with him. I totally want to do that with him. It's cool because it's people from like all walks of life. It isn't like band dudes or anything, right. you know, it's just like people that are into Disney and having a good time. And that, so it was, it was really cool. You learn a lot too. And you know, it was, it was fun. It was really cool. Yeah. The, the move from Richmond to Florida's done you well. <laughs> yeah. This is smelly. Hello. Smelly. Smelly. Yeah. Ella is her real name, but we call her smelly. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been doing me real well. It was like, uh, like, um, I would say like two months before the pandemic or no, I'm sorry. It was, it was a few months before, but, um, yeah, we took like a little hiatus from, I I did personally just from all music in general. So, so me and my lady can move down here and like get my shit together and like have a, place to live and get my bearings in order before like I leave her and go on the road, you know, right. cause that's a little stressful on family life going away. So long, you know, right. and, uh, like, uh, it, it, then, then, so right when I was about to get back into the swing of like perform again, the pandy hit <laughs> and we all know what the pandy did. <laughs> so, so we fucking, you know, we had a Testament to our book and it was like when it, I think the shutdown happened like uh, a few weeks before we were supposed to leave for that. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it's probably kind of cool because then you're just hanging with your lady at this new spot. and. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I never realized. Uh, I feel like I feel like a lot of people went either one way or the other with with that, where either they dug into their like addictions or bad behavior or got out of it and figured out different ways to use their focus. And, um, I definitely took, took a positive route out of it and, uh, I'm real thankful for it and lucky for it. And, uh, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild experience. Like I had, I ended up like, I got a job with WWE during the, oh, shit. Wow. During the thing. yeah. So, so like, uh, they were, they had the bubble here in St. Petersburg is where I live. So, so uh, one of my really good friends works there and she's like, well, you ain't doing shit. You want to come work in the bubble? You live down the road. I was like, fuck yeah. I'm like a big wrestling fan. So um, yeah, I spent a lot of that time in there. And then when, when it moved from St. Pete to Tampa, they brought me along for that. And then I ended up like um, helping set up WrestleMania and I was out oh, there for a month at the, at the stadium. Yeah. It was fucking awesome, man. I had a, had a WWE van at the end of it. Nice. And uh, nice. it was really fun. And then when they went back and started going on the road, they, they asked me to do that a little bit. And uh, I fucked what, my knee up. Just, just, just work, help doing, I was like being a runner, like setting up, oh, right, helping, right, right. Out, helping the dress rooms and the catering and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, they, yeah, they wanted me to, do that and, and i fucked my knee up really bad wrestlemania not wrestling not re- <laughs> <laughs> just like hair broken over my knee <laughs> <laughs> it's wild backstage you wouldn't believe it uh and, and then i uh, got yeah so that uh, that put me out like kind of when things started getting better um from the pandemic 
like I fucked my knee up. So then, you know, the, the show back, you know, we had their big show back while we were playing this festival in Las Vegas and it was down on the wire for my surgery. Like I, I was, I couldn't walk for like, I was like in bed for like four months. Holy And then wow. it's, uh, it was real fucked up. And, uh, so then we were like, I had to send the message to my bandmates. Like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play this, this show in a few months. Like I am bedridden. I like, didn't know if I was ever going to walk again. It wasn't that serious. I didn't think it was, but it just felt like, it was. It felt like dreadful. Like we, I, I didn't know how it was going to heal or whatever. It was just like a basic. I guess they call it a scope or whatever. But okay. um, it, I don't know. It just was real fucked up, man. Like I, I like literally couldn't get up and down the stairs and stuff. And yeah, it sucked. <laughs> Carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at Carmax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. But I, but we played the show, the show back, and uh, it was like one of the most amazing experiences ever, so... Yeah, I mean, probably all that, good. all that tension and everything built up and your knee, oh, and probably like yeah. a fucking giant, like just release of energy, right? Uh, yeah, it's like we all get nervous. I'm sure you do too before you play, but this was a whole new ball of like, are we going to pull this off? Also, I hadn't seen, hadn't been in a room playing music with those guys in a year. Yeah. And that, that's like, and, and us playing music before that, was just me in the studio with them. I wasn't like, we weren't performing or anything. They were just right. tracking. Right. So besides that, it was over about two and a half years before I, before we were on like playing music. I never practiced with them. I was practicing by myself. And uh, so, yeah, there were like, there was a very big, if like, are we going to pull this off? And like, literally, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, like the muscle memory click, click, clicks in about two songs in. And then you're yeah. like, Oh, I'm fucking, I know yeah. this is like, <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm doing. Get off of me, man. I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> do you, do you dur during the pandemic, I've said this before because I really enjoyed the pandemic way more than I should probably ever say publicly. <laughs> That's what Frank said. It's like, I mean, you know, like you're, you're a road dog. I'm a road dog. Like we know, I mean, it's, it was just, you know, forced or not, it was just like, Whoa, like this is nice to just reconnect with home life and, you know, yeah. wife and kids. I got wife and kids. So it was just like, you know, like I really, you know, like you, it was a very positive experience for me. Like it's really just great positive experience. I think it helped, helped me reevaluate what I, what I want to do as far as like being, being an artist and like playing music and stuff. And I definitely like before all this shit hit the fan, I was, I was in a bad way. Like I was in a real fucking bad way. Like I was doing two bands. I was overworked. Right. Like eight months out. We were both bands were, on which is like took, took me gone like eight months out of the year for like i don't even i don't even know how many years like i mean there was a time where me and phil were like i don't remember we were breaking 200 shows a year right. for for like 
eight years or That's something. Like a, and it, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of shows, man. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. And like, and you, you know, get, I into started, that, you get I, into that groove and like, you're just in it. And like, you don't even yeah. realize how hard you're in it. You know? It's a deadly groove, man. It, well, it can be, you know, it's like, we, I call it time traveling because it was just, once you hit a certain mind frame where you just like have to be somewhere for a certain amount of time, you just kind of like, like, like I was just digging in like my stuff, you know, like just drinking extra hard and like partying way too hard. And it, and it went real, it almost went real South, you know, like um, that was kind of another part of like, where I was like, all right, I'm like, you know, I want to focus on my shit for a little bit. And then with, with this, stuff happening it just gave me a lot more extra time to to uh like reevaluate myself and uh figure my shit out because i'm you know i'm trying to go the long haul you know like whether it's whether it's municipal waste or whatever is going on you know like i'm you know yeah i'm not you know it, it was man there's there was times where i look back and i'm like what the fuck were you thinking and I know what I was thinking. I was just didn't care because I just figured I'd, you know, I was just getting through, getting through that time, you know, that that time and place. You know, I was just overworking yourself and yeah, worrying about having like so many people rely on you. It's it's right. it's, uh, it's it's pretty fucking scary sometimes, and it's a lot, and sometimes that pressure can can really build up. Um, yeah, I listened to the both our interview. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, he's great, man. Fucking, he was awesome. He lives down here by me, actually. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen him, but he he lives about half an hour south of me. Yeah, I mean, would would Gore have been a uh, like a pivotal band for your? I mean, you guys are from Richmond. I mean, they were kind of. I mean, they were. Um, you know, like this, they have that joke: the Simpsons did it first. Yeah. Like we always would run into that problem where Gore did it first. And we were always like, fuck man, we'd have like a good joke. And we're like, fucking Brocky. Got it. <laughs> but, uh, they were, yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say like from our style of like, you know, um, just like sense of humor and like, we always, we've kind of made our world of like trauma esque, like thrash metal, lyrics and you know tongue-in-cheek somewhat right and uh yeah i guess that was a little bit of guar's influence on us but m- more importantly guar like taught us how to tour like yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say they influenced us very much musically but like as far as like uh camaraderie and touring and like the way th- they're the way they run that fucking circus and like treat bands and i don't know there's we learned so much in the nine weeks we first toured with them it was like we came out of that like a totally different band so i mean as far as yeah uh as far as that goes they are they taught us a hell of a lot what what era is that when you're touring with them for nine and they tour hard too uh, they they don't take fucking hardly any days off they're like yeah that was uh oh six i think oh okay. that was when Corey Corey smoot was in the band Corey smoot actually recorded our second record oh okay and uh yeah we were real close with them dirks is still one of my one of my best friends he we actually he watched the guar movie 
here at my house for the first time. He was down here visiting, and we just sat here and watched it. We were like crying and shit. Documentary. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. dude. It's so good, right? It's really good. It's yeah, really, really fucking good, man. Yeah, like, it's so well done. Yeah, man. And yeah. Uh, fucking yeah, Brocky was a good friend, and yeah, they. I mean, they were just great people. Still are. I mean, fuck, man. And getting Mike to sing is like was like the no brainer move. Like, where I lived in a place called Coyle Heights, is south of R- Richmond, and Mike Bishop was like a fucking legend there. Like when I was in high school, like. I guess he lived in Hopewell, which is a city nearby. But everybody there, all the skaters, they're really like, oh, we talked about how cool Mike Bishop was. Yeah. And then you know, having and now he's like the singer of bar. It's like right. pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> with, with four cocks and a and a and a, four pers- cocks and a vagina with and a teeth. pussy. <laughs> and a vagina with teeth. <laughs> I was like, that's so because I asked him, I was like, Do you have a huge cock? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> but I have four cocks. It's <laughs> a good a good question for Guar, you know. It is. It's a great. I mean, it's the perfect question. <laughs> I was like, you're the singer of Guar. You got to have something going on. <laughs> uh, love. No, I, I I fucking loved Guar, man. When when you're when I was like early '90s and I went to all those shows and just every time, you know, we'd wear a white shirt just to get covered in blood and just so much. Oh yeah. Fun. Yeah, so I got to see some cool shit like them early in the first time I ever saw Guar. Uh, Casey Orr kicked me in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was in high school and I jump on stage and I grabbed Dave Sorg because I'm an idiot and didn't fuck know better. And Casey Orr came, was he was beefcake at the time. He came over and fucking clobbered me right in my fucking face. And I was like, <laughs> all right, lesson learned. <laughs> Don't fuck with Gwar's shit. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't uh, Bob Gorman though, because. He may be like a small dude, but that guy will fuck somebody up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I've seen that dude level people. So yeah, I locked out by getting kicked in the face by Casey. <laughs> what's what's your favorite? What's your favorite tour memory from that? For is that your first tour, the Gore tour? Oh, um, well, we would go do our own tours. Like, um, we would play houses and shit. I mean, when we started as a band we were we had like six or seven songs and we went on like a two-week tour and we're playing like houses <laughs> from rich from richmond to florida all the way down awesome. it's like yeah it was killer so i mean we always we were like road maniacs like from the get-go but um i can't I was remember reading, i was reading that it was always like kegger parties right uh, not always keg parties but like the first show was definitely a crazy keg party in richmond on new year's and uh it's, I, I think uh, on like, a I, lot of those tour on the first tour there's a few i mean i think that that's like one later. of those things that it's very american first of all it's a very american thing a kegger party you know like they don't really have that anywhere else it's like you're in a backyard or you could be inside the house and there's just a big old fucking keg of shitty beer and everybody <laughs> shit faced and you just rage dude <laughs> in the we, backyard yeah. or in the living room sometimes you know 15 years ago we played with a, a keg party but in europe with okay. suffocation and oh, benediction wow. and we were like we were like this is like home oh my god <laughs> right. and everybody got shit the dudes in benediction got in a literal fist fight with each other oh, wow. <laughs> like, and we were like all like it's, it was like a scene from like days and views at like the moon tower we're all like standing around cheering while it's like <laughs> and then they would like get up and go like, fuck you man and like keep hanging out you know 
fucking high school again? This is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my European keg party experience. I was like the only one I think I've ever been to. Yeah. And see, at Suffocation played in like a backyard. It was fucking nuts, man. Like, it was, it was great. I mean, that's not like that's, I mean, to me, like that's so, that's such a thrash metal thing, you know, like all my, all my very first shows were, were kegger parties, you know, like we're playing yeah, in somebody's okay. backyard or somebody's living room and some, and you just get fucking as drunk as you can play as fast as you can and, and hopefully not, you know, screw up your song. <laughs> I, I think you and Phil were like the first, like early on were the first like influential guys that we met on tour you know yeah. like we, we met like dr no and then we met you guys you guys came out to every, well there was a curse you guys came out tw- to see us twice yeah and both both shows were we came like, out to see you in cleveland or no it, it was it, it detroit. cleveland no well we played we together in detroit yeah, yeah, we played okay. together. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys jumped on the bill for a second, but we went and saw you. I want to say it was Cleveland, and it was. It might, I think it was Cannibal and Black Dahlia, and you guys were. It was Cannibal and Black Dahlia Murder were on tour. We went to that show, and then you guys were playing down the street, and we went yeah, and saw yeah, you at a yeah. bar somewhere, yeah. and it was fucking great. Yeah. I think I brought you guys a tray of shots. <laughs> to yeah, the stage. it was amazing. Something. We're like, those guys are so fucking nice. It was fucking, it was, that killer show is fucking insane. It was so fucking awesome to see you guys, you know, like. We, well, we had this joke whenever you guys showed up, we would have like the worst show of all time. Like the Harpo show was notoriously like, we like, one time we went, we were about 30 seconds into a song before we realized two halves of the members the other half of the band was playing different songs. We started at the same time, <laughs> two different songs. And I look back and you two are sitting on the side of the stage like, <laughs> we're like, sounds good, bro. <laughs> I got, yeah. Thumbs up guys. Uh, These guys are pretty jazzy. <laughs> They're not even playing the same riffs. <laughs> and Harpo, cause Harpo's like, Har- Harpo's is like this legendary Detroit place, Shit right? Yeah, Shit I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I mean, the sound there an is infamous, not, but an, a fucking you know, a, a, an infamously charming shithole for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, the sound guy was not fr- like. Of course, we didn't have our own sound guy, and the sound guy was not friendly to us for that, from the venue. <laughs> so we we're just kind of like, guess this is happening right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what's funny? I remember talking to you at that show. We had we were just hanging out before the show, and I guess was that still the art of partying, like two thousand eight or 2007 yeah. or something like that yeah that was maybe massive maybe in that era we usually yeah. take like five years to write a record i just four. remember you guys were just like we're so sick of partying <laughs> you said yeah. that to me you're like i'm so <laughs> sick of partying because <laughs> that's all like you write a record called the art of partying that's all anybody yeah. wants to do with you is party you're like we knew it too we were like like when we were sitting in the practice space right like we we're like should we call the album that we're like yeah, it's going to get real annoying. Like, 20-year-old kid with a bottle of Mad Dog, like, you're not going to drink this, man? I thought you fucking party. Like, Fuck, man. I'm 45. Fuck. Sorry. I'm hurting everywhere. My liver's all fucked up. My liver's going to puke that Mad Dog 4040 up. <laughs> it's going to come uh, out of pores. <laughs> So yeah, we're, you know, especially like 
yeah, it gets it gets a bit much the the older you get. But I I feel like I, even in the song we're like you can be straight edge and party, right, right. Like you know you don't have to be a fucking like alcoholic or something or you know. Like, <laughs> so we try to like set the line there, but you know I don't know. It was it was our way of like trying to bring some form of positivity into everything and you know like that's kind of what we meant by that not yeah. like shotgunning 400 beers every night <laughs> but it that's part of it i gotta say it makes well, for a fantastic fucking show <laughs> you know like even just watching the show you know like it's i just thought you guys when you came rolled through with the uh at the decibel obituary tour oh you were there yeah, yeah. We didn't see each other. I hung out with Ryan almost the whole night, but uh, oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't run into you for some reason. I don't know. I, I was I was still very uh, COVID paranoid. And also, like, just not getting sick. So I was kind of, like, being stealth about everything. Right. What, show, what show were you at? I was at the Berkeley show. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. It was, was a great. fucking rager. It was killer. Yeah. That. That was really it's fun. just like, it's such a fun, it's such a fun time. You know, like you're, you're very lovable up there. Like the, every song's about fucking drinking or fucking partying or, and it's just like, fuck. <laughs> you got, I mean, yeah. I don't know. For me, it just really took me, I mean, it always takes me back every time I see you, but it was just the fucking energy was just insane. It was awesome. Like I fucking but, loved it. I, I feel like the beginning of that tour, we kind of hit a stride where we're like, this tour is going to happen. You know, like I feel like oh, even a week, a week before it was that, uh, you know, the, uh, what was the last variant on the Kong? Megatron. Yeah. That was <laughs> Megatron. Like, yeah. This is like uh, uh, January or February, right? Like kind of yeah, the so it was, height of Omicron. It was, yeah. It was about a week, the week before it was like when it started to maybe cool down or they just weren't super talking about it. And we had a meeting um you know with albert from decibel we we're kind of like we're worried about going out um what are we gonna do you know like and then it's and it was kind of like what everybody everybody's just kind of like you know we're musicians we're, we always take a risk when we go on tour you know it's just like it's much more in your face this time and we went and, and uh i feel like once we hit that part of the coast we were like everybody on the tour was like we got this, like yeah. this tour is going fucking down and like it, we're not, we're not stopping. Like everything, there was like a light at the end of the tunnel and not just for like tour, that tour in general, but it just kind of felt like a sigh, the sigh of relief that kind of we're all slowly having after this fucking nightmare, you know? Was that, that, that felt real good. It felt real good to be yeah. doing I mean, that. The show, was, the show was slammed and people were raging. It was like, you know, it was a good vibe. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. What is uh is there a lot of uh, you know I've been talking to a lot of touring people who are just getting back into touring right now. Was there like a thing with like pre-sales are super low, but then giant spike right before the show happens? Is that kind of what's going on? I, I yeah, I feel like that the walk up is starting to be a thing. Which I, like we always kind of walked up a lot of people because I feel like our fans just don't give a shit about buying tickets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like plan very far in advance, you know, they just kind of go with it. Right. Now, uh, so, so yeah, I definitely like, yeah, you could definitely see a spike in walk-ups. Right sure. yeah. right like, I don't know. I, as, I heard as opposed to prior to the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, you might not have seen that big of a walk-up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would have been more people buying tickets. Now people are just kind of like, eh, 
maybe it'll it'll happen. <laughs> like I don't know if I'm gotten, like, well, yeah. gotten let down a lot here. I'm still <laughs> waiting to get my money back from all those other tours that I bought. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I got a buddy who's got like $500 worth of tickets that he's still waiting to get money back because they keep on rescheduling. So every time they reschedule, they can't get, you can't get your money back. Cause like, well, yeah, it's, we're still happening. That's so weird. Yeah. That's such a bummer. But it, <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like knock on wood that we're through it. Yeah. You uh, you got a new record coming out too. Yeah, yeah. Electric we recorded brain. it like yeah, electrified brain. Electrified, sorry, on, electrified brain. on nu- nuclear blast records, and uh, yeah, we recorded during during the pandy, and uh, we fucking we went up to Philly, and it was still kind of it wasn't like super red hot, but it was definitely before all the variants, and. uh we kind of slipped into Philly. I flew in from Florida and that was the first time I saw my bandmates, you know, like in a year or whatever. So we were all kind of like, what up, dude? We were like mailing, they would practice and they would mail me the songs and then I would like write the lyrics. They all still, I, live, I, they still live around each other, everybody. Yeah, they all live in Richmond. Yeah. Cool. We actually practice at the Guar spot. Oh, like, right on. Where they, yeah. So, but um, yeah, so they were practicing when they could. Um, and, uh, so they would, you know, do their thing and then send me the songs. And so, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun writing a record like that, like just being away from it. And I would like, if I wanted to like reconstruct a song or something wasn't working out, I could, I, I met a guy like right next door to me who was like into like punk and like, he was like RKLs, like his favorite band. Like you don't meet a lot. Yeah. You don't meet a lot of people like that. (laughs) Keep laughing. That's my shit. And, uh, yeah. So we were like, RKL. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah. So he, I was like, and he knew, of course knew knew us and stuff. So that was really cool. And and he was like an audio engineer. So I was going over there and like rearranging parts of songs when, when needed. Um, and then I demoed the record like four times. I've never oh, done that in, in my life. That's killer. <laughs> I would always do like one demo, maybe like I would have like, like massive aggressive. I think I only demoed like five of the songs, you know, like I would just have them handwritten everywhere. This thing I was like, when it redid every song, like four times, like send it back to them. They'd be like, Oh, you say that word weird or that part sucks or that's too much, you know, and vice versa, you know, like it was cool. It was, it was uh, not as stressful. Me trying to explain a riff to my bandmates in the practice space while they're like trying to write songs. Like I don't play an instrument, but I would imagine that's got to be the most nerve wracking shit in the world. Like, you know that part where you're like, like do that shit like four times, dude. They're like, like get this guy out of here. Yeah, I mean, no, normally you'd be writing with the band, right? Like you'd just be jamming. And yeah. Kind of, do you do you freestyle? Like do you do you have to have like lyrics written to be able I've, to try something, or can you just make shit up on top of your head? I definitely have done that writing music. Phil's fucking great. Like um, with that, like I could do, I could mouth mouth some shit, and Phil would would almost nail it. Like, oh wow! A lot of times that was a lot for Iron Reagan. I would do do shit like that, but yeah, that Phil's just fucking a fucking genius man there's something in that guy's brain that's like he's 
get things real fast. Right. But yeah, so yeah, we've done all kinds of shit like that. I like the whisper demo. That's my favorite thing. I don't know if you do that where you're like, if you're like in your house and you got an idea, or you like record on your phone, you're like, yeah, you know, singing the lyrics like this, you know, <laughs> just so you can remember the vocal pattern. Right. Then right. <laughs> <laughs> you send that to your bandmates and that's some weird shit. Right. They're, they're just like, like what is what? this? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like playing it in the car with their girlfriend or something. And, you know, who knows what's going on? It's like weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's cool though, man. That's that's what a great way to uh you know write it, you know, and 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 great way to make use of this crazy time and you know, like you just adapt and do it this new way and try it some new way. Yeah, I started a band down down here um in in St. Petersburg with um Paul from Cannibal Corpse. So that's just like, that been, sick. yeah, that's been a real fun project too. That's been going on. So, What's yeah, that it's called? cool, man. What's that called? It's called uh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like and after uh, the cult. That, yeah. That, that cult. Yeah. Whereas we're gonna call it Heaven's Gate, Florida. You know, okay. like the Florida chapter or whatever. But okay. Um. Yeah. So we recorded with Arthur Risk. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he did. Uh, he just did the creator record, which oh, cool. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, he did, he did uh, all the power trip stuff. Yes. Um, play like, um, you record, you recorded your parts at home or with your audio engineer guy there. Yeah. And then we and then this, guy mixed it. this guy mixed it. Yeah. 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 Cool. I would just, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do your stuff, but, um, I was worried about traveling, getting up there, getting sick. Right. Or, and just being able to have what I have here and, and to be able to like send it off gave me like, I could work on it totally. for weeks, you, yeah, you know, totally. and, and yeah. get, get those, the sound I wanted to. And me and that guy are like clicking too, like, um, creatively. Yeah. I mean, well. I, I would imagine like some of your earlier records, you probably did like all the vocals in like one or two days or something. Right. Oh yeah. I would <laughs> like imagine no uh, time to do first any changes or like four records. Yeah. Fuck, Ryan did waste them all. He did all. I think he did all the guitar takes, like first take, one, like in the take, and then that's it. He d- double it up. That's pretty nothing. sick. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, sick. it was awesome. It's that record's wild, man. I go back, and then my vocals on that are like, ah! like the whole time. Like and that was, you know, we that was. We I think we did that whole record in like two days or a day. Like, you know, it's a lot different now. We have yeah. time. Yeah. We're a little bit more pickier in our in our age. We're like now we're like oh like there's gonna be more than like our twenty friends listening to this, so maybe we should put a little bit more time into it. Yeah, and it's nice to have you know <laughs> to have the money to do that and like you know a little bit of time to like okay did, could this be better? Or? Yeah, and I feel like man, Nuclear Blast has been so rad to us. Like it's just, we're real stoked to be on that label, and they've just been like you know, we'll throw the, some wacky idea. Like we have a lot of really cool shit in the works and we'll throw some wacky ideas their way. Um, and they're just like, well, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's cool. We have like three videos in the works. Killer. We just, we just did a video with Norman Cabrera and um, like fucking Rick Baker was there. And it's just like all this crazy horror effects and, 
Oh, killer. It was, it was fucking incredible, man. Like I was like, I'm living like my dreams as a child. Like, you know, like it was, it was insane, man. Like, yeah, it's just really fucking cool. So yeah, I mean, we have, the, the, I, I'm extremely happy with how the record came out and, uh, the sound of it and all the other shit that is like snowballing from those songs. Like, I don't know when this will air, but um, if it's after the 19th, we'll have another song out at this, at that time. So. Yeah. This will come out. Yeah. You got grave dive out right now, right? Yeah. 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 And, yeah and then, yeah, thanks. And then, uh, yeah. And then we'll have, a song in two, a week and a half. Another yeah. song. And the record drops when? July? I should probably know that. July? <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's July. I'm going to say it's July, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's gotten pushed around so many times. Um, I know the vinyl, you know. The like, fucking vinyl. With the pandy. <laughs> the vinyl. Right, the fucking vinyl, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like That's nine month, later. nine month wait for vinyl. It's like who wants to do that? Because yeah. fucking Drake is you know printing three hundred thousand pieces of vinyl. Like you bastard, man. If I had money, I would do whatever I could to start a pressing plant because that's where the money is. And I said that shit twenty years ago. Right. I was like, you know, that's where the money is. You own a pressing plant now. It's like crazy. It's like right. owning a house or something. Fucking a. <laughs> Yeah, I saw the vinyl variant. You got a bunch of cool vinyl variants going, right? The splatter and the colors. Yeah. Yeah, that's the shit. You guys do that too? Yeah. 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 I think that I, don't, I, I like think we only, we're only doing black vinyl for like retail. Like, uh, you know, it seems like everybody just wants the crazy shit, you know? So we're like, I, I prefer black vinyl. Yeah. And and they they say it sounds better. Right. I've heard that too. But now, now I've heard it sounds better. And then now they're like, oh, no, not, that was just how it used to be it's not like that anymore but i'm like black probably still sounds better <laughs> yeah. i never i mean i used to have like picture discs and stuff i used to have a Witchfinder general picture disc remember that band they were kind of like a Fuck yeah like a doomy sludge band very sabbathy yeah yeah and it was great. of their first album it was like dudes all dressed up in like 1800s wear and then like yeah, yeah. chick with her fucking tits all hanging out <laughs> On a picture, I was like on a picture disc. I was like, "This is the best picture disc ever." Oh, here, look at this. I had it on my wall. That's, yeah, there's my wall. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Sick. Badass. I'm, I'm showing them my record collection for people listening. What's all the art on the background? Oh, this is just um. I got a ton of art. I have art all over the fucking place. Is um, this your art, or is this like friends? No, just stuff that um, ba- mostly band related or friends. Like that's like this is like my hot sauce. And, oh, okay, um, this okay. is Halsey. That was like a waist shirt, or that was a Napalm Death tour. This is a, a Rick Clayton. Um, Rick, I don't know if Rick Clayton did all the um, suicidal tendencies artwork, oh, like his gnarly okay. skulls. And, wow, yeah, okay. that's like an original of uh, his. Here's the fucking uh, Art of Partying cover. That's the original. Oh, that's the original. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Awesome. I got that one. Yeah. Oh, um, I got yeah. What a crazy. Is that that's all ink? Uh, or paint I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um this right here is my baby though. This is my check your head. My check your head LP autographed by all three of the beastie boys. Oh shit. Dude, that's <laughs> like, sick. My favorite. 
but it's good stuff, man. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't, I, you know, I never knew that. You know, you find out all kinds of things like when you talk to people like this. Like that's kind of cool. Next time, next time you're in Florida, um, yeah, definitely check it out. St. Pete is just a really cool town. It's 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 really beautiful, and uh, like the metal shows are fucking sick, man. We have like this um, really beautiful venue. You probably played there called Janice Landing. Yeah. That's where I. That's that where I, I saw the Beastie Boys there when i was a kid it was the first show i ever went to was Beastie oh, Boys shit. There. that's your first yeah. show huh? that's a good yeah, first yeah, show yeah. man yeah that's yeah really my mom show. my mom dropped me off and i sat there all day i listened to them sound check in they Florida? came up to me yeah. in st petersburg okay. yeah yeah because you're yes you're, i i, I grew parents... up here okay yeah and they gotcha. moved me up there when i was in high school and then i just they moved back i stayed okay and yeah so you it's kind of weird you kind of grew up in st pete both i mean yeah but i really didn't get into music as far as like the scene or you know like yeah. punk scene or metal scene like until i moved to richmond that's like where i really like they were took your, me were your parents there. split up is that why like you were going back yeah to, yeah okay, that was pretty much the you time know, with dad I, in richmond and mom and st pete yeah opposite but yeah yeah okay. exactly yeah gotcha. and then my mom's like i want to move back to florida and i'm like I'm not moving again. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I went to three different high schools. It was crazy, man. So, uh, like, I claim, I claim both Richmond and Florida. Like, I, I love both those places very much. Yeah, Florida. I mean, St. Petersburg. <laughs> okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So your mom <laughs> takes you to Beastie Boys. So you're obviously like, you're watching, you're like MTV kid probably. And you're like, you're yeah. loving the Beastie Boys. And your mom, you're like, mom, take me to the Beastie Boys. Yeah, Rollins band open. Oh shit! Like, wow. So I was like sitting in the very front row, and like Rollins like spit in my face, and I was like <laughs> waiting for the waiting for the Beastie Boys to play. I have no how, idea. How does how does, does like Rollins a legend band, on stage? Is Rollins band go over good, or is are people just kind of like? Eh. Uh, from what I remember, well, what I remember, um, it was a mixed mixed feelings. But I want, but once I left, I bought a Rollins band CD. Yeah. And then got into Black Flag. I did, I did everything opposite. Right. You know, I was, I was a 90s kid. So it was like, you know, like, you know, Lollapalooza, everything's right, right, mixed right. together. You're into like, I'm in the rap and I'm in the fucking metal and punk. You know, and, yeah, ish, yeah. you know, like Mazzy Star Rules, Pavement Sick and DRI. And <laughs> you're like, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> No, I gotta say, BC Boys though. I, I've seen the BC Boys. Fuck, man, I saw the BC Boys like probably twenty times, and they they oh, were always man. a killer band live. You know, like a yeah. fucking great. Like I saw them as their rap version most of the times. You know, but I saw them tour with Sick of It All, where they did like their punk. Yeah, set, yeah. And then they were telling know, like, me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Like Lou was like, I I didn't know that they toured together. Yeah, um, and then the, like a few years ago, we toured with Sick of It All one of the many times. And Lou's like, he's like, you know, we toured with them. We were like probably talking about it. He goes, you know, we took 
we toured with them and i was like what and he's like yeah, yeah we did a we did a a tour with beastie boys and then he started explaining to me all the shit he said they would like take them snowboarding like beastie boys they would just take sick of it all like snowboarding and shit when they were like that red. had a day had a day off you know i'm like fuck god that sounds so crazy it's like that sounds yeah. fun as fuck. <laughs> I, right? I'd love to go snowboarding with the VC boys. That would be fucking a blast. I'd love to see them. I'm sick of it all, you know? Right. <laughs> it, you know what? It was a cool thing, too, because like this was like the height of... Uh, it's the height of intergalactic. So they're fucking, you know... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's fucking massive, dude. Like, it's just... They're, uh, you know, into the stratosphere. That record's huge. Yeah. And then they just go and they're like, we're going to do a punk tour, like, and just play, like, underplay. They just play three and 400 seat clubs and we're taking sick of it all. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, I heard about yeah. it because I knew some of the sick of it all dudes. And I was like, I, you have to get me in to, to this show. You gotta love it. You gotta love that. That's so respectable, you know? Yeah. And it was good. And, you know, but they, I, sick of it all, you know, like the, I don't know what the audience expected, you know, like, it wasn't, they were, I think the audience was hoping for intergalactic and Paul's <laughs> boutique and, you know, yeah, yeah. They probably didn't even know that there used to be a punk but, band. Yeah. They're, they're like, like they're only, on they're here? only playing the punk, you know, the only, those first, the first album and like, you know, that kind of halfway album after it, where it was like half punk and like half rap or oh, whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, I, I got to, um, me and my girlfriend went, to see we were at the filming of the of the movie the first night in philly they uh i don't know if you saw the beastie boys movie on oh, um, no i haven't on on apple plus whatever but it's like a live show and they kind of go through like a slideshow like the history of their lives and and i i was sitting like spike jones is like i was sitting in the seat in front of his editing spot oh, you know and I, I was like getting chills it was just crazy being a part of that like getting able to be able to see that and then the next day we went to Gettysburg and stayed at one of the most haunted hotels in the world. Ah, what's that? <laughs> I forget the name of it, but it's, it's wild. It's like, um, it's like where the Gettysburg battle happened, but on the side of the building, it's just littered with bullet holes still from the oh, Civil shit. War. Wow. And, uh, we went and stayed in, and you know, it's like a bed and breakfast deal. And the room looks all old. It's like dolls and shit in it. Okay. And, uh, dolls oh wow that'd be creepy like i mean it's just like <laughs> old you know like, yeah, yeah. And it, like what smelled like an old place and everything it's apparently like super haunted i slept like a baby but my girlfriend was just like up all night like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> those fucking dolls are looking at me <laughs> it was a great weekend and then yeah yeah and then we went and saw hate breed play so, played with hate breed actually yeah oh okay right on awesome <laughs> great weekend yeah, that, that does sound like a good one. Yeah, the BC Boys, I, I, I was crazy about, um, did you ever go like backwards? Did you get into Paul's Boutique by the BC Boys? Oh, that's like one of my favorite records. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that record's like, <laughs> like, that's like a top 10 Desert Island record for me. Yeah, yeah. I fucking sure. love Paul's Boutique. Like, yeah, me it, too. Just top to bottom. It's just, it's a fucking, you should, it's a genius record. You should really watch that movie because that whole era is real funny because, like, they were, like, down and out. Like, they, like, you always kind of thought that that band was just, like, everybody loved them. But there was, like, a 
real low in their career. It, it was, was like yeah. Paul's Boutique. People didn't, yeah, and just, people didn't like yeah. Paul's Boutique when it came out. Like, yeah, they were like, where's the like, fight for your right to party, man? Like, I fucking the- love that shit when it came out. I mean, I, I, I love that shit. I, like, I was doing Beastie Boys songs at my middle school like talent show like oh, two of my shit. friends that didn't really know the words awesome. you know but i'm like crap ass i love ad rock i did that in elementary school no middle school and high school i did beastie boys with my friends that's cool and i was always i was always ad rock i had to be ad rock he was, right. favorite. He was the man i liked ad rock ad yak with it <laughs> MCA was cool too. And I never, yeah, Mike, I loved Mike D, but he had some funny rhymes, but he, I don't know. He, Ad-Rock was my dude. <laughs> like, it's funny. Now I, now I watch interviews and I'm kind of like, what would be fun? Like I kind of go, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to talk shit on them because they're like my favorite, all of them rule. But like Mike D, and that, like once you watch that movie, you're kind of like, oh, Mike D's like hilarious, man. He liked it. Yeah, he was always, he always had a good, he had a really good sense of humor. Yeah, especially like the Paul's Boutique era too. He was just like, fuck, getting fucked up, like raging. But yeah. the whole, another real funny thing about that is that, that, that time frame of the band, I'll, I'll quit talking about these guys. <laughs> but uh, they had like a closet, like, so, so Capitol Records like gave them all this money to stay in LA for like a, like a long time. So they, they used the budget for the album to rent out this like old, like famous disco lady's house that lived in okay. the hills. Okay. So that, that Hey ladies video where they're like in the pool and everybody's wearing like all these crazy seventies outfits and like Mike D's kind of like, basically they were just partying there one night and broke open this closet that they weren't supposed to get into. And it was just, full of 70s clothes oh shit. so that video is just that from them like raiding the closet and like putting clothes on and like walking around and they would like just start going out in public dressed like that and i was like that's just so funny like to me like i can't imagine how much fun those dudes were having at that that point in time where their career they were just like we're probably done like let's just blow all this well, you gotta re- you gotta remember too and i could talk about the bc boys forever so we don't need to we don't need to move okay, on right, like, right. like they had they were i mean i remember like i was a, i was a teenager like i was a pretty young teenager but i was like still like i was going out like on the strip and like you know you'd hear cars cruising like that was when cruising was very popular in the bay area like oh yeah just be, be like hundreds of cars just driving up and down the street and i remember there was a time when every single car that drove by was playing the Beastie Boys. I mean, there wasn't a single car not playing Fight for Your Right to Party or Brass <laughs> Monkey or, you know, any of that shit. And I was like, holy fuck, like, this is a thing. Like, these guys, like, it's just crazy. And, uh, and then, and then that, and, and you know, what did they sell? Like, six or seven million copies. Like, it's just, oh, yeah. Um, it's a phenomenon. They've got fucking Carrie King is in the fucking No Sleep Till Brooklyn video. And like, they toured like, with Madonna. Like, right. They opened for Madonna on a Like a Virgin tour. Right. That makes no sense. Right. Like, right. But they so were just insane. so fucking big. And then they go out with Run DMC. And that's when it's like, okay, like, you know, this is a rap. This is like real rap, and like you know, yeah. and appreciate it because it's Run DMC is giving them the blessing, and uh, yeah. and then they come out, you know, they get they find out like all this shit about Rick Rubin, 
you know, Rick Rubin and Def Jam have kind of ripped them off like blind. They've got barely any money. And then they're like, we went off the fucking label. Like, fuck you. They have this big fallout with Def Jam. Then they get signed to Capital. And it's like, Capital doesn't know where to put them. They're like, we don't. what's the disco like with the disco clothes like we want to you know (laughs) we want you to barge into the jocks house and smash shit (laughs) like like, we don't want to do that yeah that's yeah that's like a big it was a big deal was the whole uh fight for your right to party or two they want you know they kept saying that they we want part two right and they're like we don't like they're like we want to make a legit hip-hop record like yeah, a, like they like they're like we're hip hop. We want to make a fucking real hip hop record, you know. We're smoking weed now. We're not crushing Budweisers. <laughs> we're, we're smoking dust. <laughs> <laughs> smoking dust. <laughs> um, but yeah, fuck, that was uh, really cool to, to be able to see that. Like one of the first like records I ever got, or, or not even mine. I snuck into my brother's room and took his uh, license to ill cassette. And we throw a little Beastie Boys references sometimes in our shit. Like there's, we do a music video for Fatal Feast and there's like a spaceship in it. Like we did this, like us on a spaceship and on the side of the plane on the Beastie Boys cover, it says 3MTA3, which is right, eat right. me backwards. <laughs> and uh, so we put three, we put that on our, on our <laughs> spaceship. Nice. So we had the same number as the plane on license the ill like our, our spaceship. Uh, that's fucking too good. That is yeah, too we, good. Like, we like to sneak shit in there like that. See if yeah. people notice. Does anybody ever notice? Does anybody I, oh my god? I think I've seen a couple did. yeah, I think I've seen a couple people make comments. Not as many as I know, but um, you know. Right. <laughs> What's what that's songs, a good what, thing, I guess. What songs, uh, what BC Boy songs are you doing for uh, your talent shows? Oh, uh, one year it was Shake Your Romp, and then it was so I did it three times. Shake Your Romp, that's on um, Paul's Paul Boutique. Boutique. Yeah, that's the jam right there. So then, and then I did, um, what was there? Were definitely it was past the mic. And there was one off of ill communication too. I can't even remember what song that was. So I did it three times. Okay. No sabotage or anything? No, no, okay. too easy. I gotta be rapping. Right. Like, right. Can you still remember the, the Paul's boutique rap? Um, or sorry, the shake your uh, rump rap. Well, I'll rock it. I'll, I'll rock, party I'll at party the, at the, the drop of a hat. hat. And I'll beat a bite it down <laughs> with the loon and the bat. A lot of people, they be Jones and just to hit me, rock the mic. They be staring at the radio, staying up on us like a pimp. I got. I would. Go. I'm pamping. All right, we got to go back and forth. We, all right. All right. So like a we got to practice this. Right. I'm pamping. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with I got my legs. Just limping. <laughs> <laughs> arrested at the Mardi Gras for jumping on, on the float. float. My man MCA's got a beard like a billy goat. Ooh, ooh, is my disco uh, I'm gonna call. Get, get heard about you like, ooh, ooh. So, my disco like call it. MCA. I'm getting ooh. rope, y'all. The routines I bust, and it's the rhymes that I write, and I'll be busting routines and rhymes on like the keeping burgers and chicken in your beak, your nose, and I'm on, I'm on time, time, homie. That's, that's how it goes. goes. You heard my style, but I think you missed a point. It's joint. The video great because he's taking a bong. He's like taking bong hits, right? That VHS tape is so sick, and you can't fucking find it anywhere. Say, what's YouTube. that? What's the, what's the VHS tape? I have it, but it's it's a 
fucked up VHS tape. What is it? Um, like, it's Paul's boutique. It's all the videos from. Um, well, there's a Lights of the Ill one, and then there's then there's one that's like that that era Paul's oh, okay. boutique videos. And there's like all like b- videos for like B sides and shit that they were just like go out in a park. You ever Georgie's girl? It's like Georgie's girl. Mm-hmm. It's like Mike D singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it, but anyway, it's like all those videos, and they they um the the what the fuck was that called? There there's the license the ill VHS tape, and right. then the one yeah, that skills that. to pay skills to pay the bills. Okay, the okay, the second VHS tape. That fucking thing was more influential to me than any other albums because I watched that fucking VHS tape religiously and it was it was just their videos and their energy and it was like there was like graffiti art and just right. skateboarding and like just fun shit and it, it really was influential to me like making me want to play music like like that like I want to have like I want to put that out there that kind of like fun energy like here's what we're fucking doing and, and you should be doing this too right you know like enjoying enjoying your time on this earth you know yeah no i that's amazing to hear you know that's that's really cool how influential that was you know i can like as I'm, like, as I'm thinking about <laughs> municipal waste i can totally see that you know like, i mean like honestly i i swear like i that was like the idea was to be like a sort of thrash metal version of the beastie boys in my brain not like i'm sure ryan's perception of it is a hundred times different but that that's what makes makes us the band we are you know like right. there's, there's different ideas getting pushed in there and what and we're both very stubborn and you know we both like to push our thing in there you know so yeah. it's good yeah where do you where do you guys meet uh, we, I think one of the first times I hung out with Ryan was at, at DRI show, actually. Like, one of my, met, met, like, we played shows together. I was in, like, a, um, like, skate punk kind of band called JRS. And, uh, and he was in this band called the Flesh Eating Creeps. And we would play shows together. Ryan was an amazing bass player. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. And so he was, like, in this, like, kind of sloppy punk band that was awesome. But he was up there just like, like just Train. walking the dog. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we would always. Well, and what what is JRS? What's that stand for? James River Scratch. I should pull out one of the seven inches. We we did a record on Beer City Records, like okay. a skateboard company. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is like uh, this is like my band when I was in high school. Like we were, you know, started, and then just kind of like put a seven inch out it took us like two years to to uh write and record and and release a seven inch <laughs> that's how we were back then and uh yeah so yeah we met at um one of the either probably one of the shows we played together and or um one of the shows like that we were at i just i remember we were really hanging hard at the dri show punishing the hell out of kurt I don't think he remember. I don't think he remembers that, but I have photos. So you guys were, yeah. You were t- so you're you're talking to the DRI guys, like you get. Oh yeah, you get yeah. We, well, you know, Kurt was. Yeah, Kurt's my buddy. We we're, we're, we're homies. Yeah. But back then, back then we were just little kids that were like, you know, standing by the merch table while he's trying to sell shirts, standing right. up, you know, <laughs> asking them fucking every every annoying question in the world. 
Yeah. What what and, uh, what what do, can you remember what album that is? Is that like Four of a Kind or I'm trying to think of later oh, DRI records. I would say, no. It was like Thrash Zone or dealing with it or something. I don't I don't even think they were on an album cycle. It was like late. Right. I mean, you know, it was this right. is oh 2000, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. You know. I don't know. When was the last like full studio album they did? They had they had remember. one more definition? Yeah, I think that was it. Definition? That after, yes. Yeah, I, I, I saw them. After... I saw. I lived in Florida because I saw the Definition tour in Florida. Okay. So yeah, I was definitely. It was after that, and I think that was like they were probably just doing, you know, doing a little tour or something. Right. Um. So that yeah. So it's funny. The punishment continues for DRI because we recorded our first seven inch uh, at at my house <laughs> where I was living. <laughs> Sounds like it was recorded at my house too. And uh, we went, we went and quickly loaded up our gear, and we're like, we're gonna go to the DRI show. We're like, well, our gear's in the car, so we're just gonna go play the DRI show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. and, like, and, and so we showed up, with brought our gear, carried our gear in, and we're like, oh, we're the open band. And the club's like, cool, all right. <laughs> That's awesome. That we fucking that is fucking set, so ballsy. <laughs> set our shit up and played. And we're like, they're going to love us. They're going to see us and they're going to love us. <laughs> and this, we play. This is waste. This is municipal waste. This is municipal waste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is yeah. like literally the day we finished recording our first seven inch. And we set up, we played, and they didn't see us. They weren't there. Right. <laughs> they were there at the hotel room or wherever the fuck they're. Right. We're getting dinner. They're not watching us. <laughs> I think there's like 10 people in the room. We're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and we got the hell out of there before they realized but that. Then, but, then on to, but then, on top of the fact that you boldly went in and blagged your way, blagged your way onto being on it, opening the DRI show, you then had the cred to be like, "Well, we just opened for DRI, so you know, <laughs> you got to put us on more shows because now we're opening yeah. for DRI." Yeah. Established musicians now. <laughs> we're, we're professional. <laughs> we're professional now. Uh, yeah. Those are the days. Was the yeah, Ryan, that night? Ryan was great. Uh, yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah. it was a small show, like upstairs um, at this this uh, bar. I think the bar's still there in Richmond called McCormick's. Yeah, they're great. They were my DRI uh, was my second uh, thr- thrash. I don't know if I call it thrash. My punk second sh- like punk metal whatever show that I ever went to. My first, Hell yeah. my first one was Exciter on the Heavy Metal Maniac tour. Oh wow! Uh, and then uh, DRI was the DRI on the Violent Pacification EP. Oh my god! That's the so record, cool. record release record release show for the Violent Pacification EP. And uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking sick. It was, pretty, <laughs> was it was wild. It was like <laughs> it was only so me and my it was me and my friend Leroy, and then there was these two punk rock girls who we knew and they had an older brother who was a metalhead. And so we knew them because of the older brother, cause we were metalheads and he, but we became friends with them and they're like, yeah, like, they're like, fuck all that metal shit. You need to go to a punk show. And we're like, yeah, like, okay, take us. They're like, yeah, we're going to go. So they were like all friends with the SF skins. And that's like all oh, the, wow. the skinhead crew that was fucking ran SF at that point. And this is like, this is before kind of, you know, San Francisco at this point was very much like, just like it was, in a depression, like fucking buildings where there's squats everywhere, abandoned buildings everywhere. This, Way before the tech boom ever happened. 
And, is this uh, before they live there? No, they live there. Yeah, they live. Okay, they had just lived there. Kurt was living in a tree. <laughs> oh, I know about this. I heard yes. about this. He wrote Kurt a book was, about it. They were telling. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a great book. Uh, <laughs> I read that. We did a. Yeah, he gave me that book. I forgot about that. The girls that were just like, yeah, he lives in a tree. We're like, holy shit, that's crazy. <laughs> so we get there and they're taking us to all these fucking squats where these skinheads live and all these punk rockers live. And it's, it's fucking gnarly. Like it's fucking like, you know, we're oh, just like 15 year old suburban kids. These motherfuckers are like shooting heroin and fucking, we're like, oh my God, this is nuts. And, uh, you know, we go in there and the, the SF skins, like they're fucking big, gnarly fucking mean dudes and we get in there and we're just like we've got hair like i'm like trying to cover my hair with my flannel i'm like oh my god and uh we walk in and and this i'll never forget it the long-haired dude with really long hair comes in he like pays his five dollars to get in and he like starts kind of like walking in all tough and this big skinhead named dagger who's like the leader the name's dagger just walks up and he goes no long hairs and just drops the dude like out cold and we're like oh my god we're gonna die like we're gonna fucking die so uh, tuck in your hair and I I, know, I like my flannels going up higher now i'm like fuck and uh they play i can't even remember who opened but uh but uh but they start playing and it's just it's just like a 45 minute long fight like it's just nothing oh my God. huge yeah. linebacker size skinheads just fighting and fucking at one point some dude jumps up and he t- breaks a bottle and he fucking just stabs it into his thing and he starts smearing the blood and then he just stage dives back into the ground. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, see, like it was see, fucking seeing them, at, at, seeing them at that era in that town. Like, holy fucking shit, man. That's like that's like watching an early Slayer show or something. I would imagine like yeah. as far as violence goes, or it was, just it was, right? I mean, like, it was terrifying and thrilling. And, <laughs> and I left there going, I need more of this. Like I need more of this. Like I got to go do this. This is what I want. I want to be around this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wild. They were very, very influential on us as well. We love like gangrene and like, uh, you know, fucking the accused. It, the accused is like fucking yeah. really big influence for us um, too. We and we we played the last show, one of the last shows in the Bay Area with with Tommy and Blaine. Oh shit! Killer. The same band together because now they don't play together. Sadly, right? Yeah, um, Martha Splatterhead was a sick record. Love yeah, that. I just bought that it's sitting right here. I just <laughs> I just bought a reissue of that oh, sitting right shit. next to me. <laughs> Really? Yeah, my buddy. My buddy has a skate shop uh, in Melbourne, Florida, and he was selling that. And I was like, "I think my copies beat the hell. I'm gonna buy this so I can keep listening to it. It's one of the best yeah. records." Yeah, we <laughs> Violence played a show with them uh, back in the day. G- GBH accused and Violence, but I, I didn't. Holy really get to, shit, dude! I got, That's to, like I got my... to know. Uh, I didn't get to know. To, I didn't really. We didn't really talk to any of them at that point. I got to know Tommy later on when he was in that uh, grunge band Grunt Truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he's wow, super nice cool. guy, like the fucking coolest guy, like just super nice guy. If there, if there's any uh, accused fans listening, uh, my buddy Jared turned me on to his. He has this band. I don't know if they're active or whatever, but it's called Water Ghost. Okay, which is like that's such a cool band name. It is. But um, if you look up on YouTube, Water Ghost, um, 
you know, thrash or I don't know, whatever fucking, um, you can find it and it rips. It's like that gnarly Tommy guitar tone. And it's just like yeah. fucking killer, killer shit. Like, um, whenever I meet me and the Q's fan, like in the past year or so that since I've heard it, I've been telling people about it, like, yo, check this shit out, man. It's like pretty nasty. I don't know how old it is or anything. Another thing <laughs> if for accused fans that people m- might not know exists. Um, there's a band from Florida called denial fiend. And, and for some reason, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Terry Butler's in it. And, uh, there's a fucking record where Blaine sings on it and oh, okay. it fucking smokes, dude. It fucking smokes. So yeah, if you're ever looking for, if you're do, trying to do a deep dive on a cute shit. Denial like, fiend? De- denial fiend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I've been trying to get, I've been like, I've been punishing Terry to get me a copy of the LP because I want it. <laughs> so if you hear that shit, hear it, Terry, fucking mail me that shit. <laughs> what's the what's the next what's the next video for um for electrified brain electrified electrified why am I not I I that electrified brain <laughs> I like it electrified <laughs> it could work too <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's delicious um we got we're do, we have two things I'm not sure which is gonna come out first but. The video that we just shot with Norman Cabrera, look him up on IMDb. It's fucked up. Like the shit that he, look up Norman Cabrera, IMDb. Like the dude has been a part of so much incredibly cool shit. He did like the makeup effects for Hellboy. He did. All right. If you remember Summer School with Mark Harmon, remember that movie? Mm -mm. This is a deep cut. (laughs) All right. Well, all right. There's this movie from the 80s called Summer School um, starring Mark Harmon. Like a slasher flick? No, it's like a comedy, but there's these two characters in it where these two young kids and the kid has like fangorious shit, mask and gore everywhere. And his name's Chainsaw. And they're, they're Chainsaw and Dave. And they're like the kids, the, the comedy relief in the show. And they're, okay. Anyway, the character Chainsaw is based on Norman when he was a kid. Whoever wrote the movie fucking knew him and was like, like wrote this character about okay. him. And I remembered it as, as a kid, like growing up. Anyway, uh, Norman has been involved in, in special effects, horror, um, in that scene from since back then and he's a fucking genius and working with him is pretty incredible so yeah that that we have like a a music video coming out with him that should be it's got to be within a month and then we have an animated video that's coming out real soon too that we haven't even seen yet either we've seen like let's say it's like 60 percent done right now we're just like biting our nails because we know it's like so cool like it's The, the animated shit, I was like cry laughing, like, like it's so it's over funny. the top. It's like right, it's, it's like it's over the top. And, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, are you oh, are oh, you God, animated? Are you animated in it? Oh, yeah. or is it yes, oh, yeah. that's killer. Did you cool. give yourself like total like you know uh, Thundercats bodies and like, you know, like? Oh, that's so funny. I was like, I was like, can you make me not look look as fat as the last time? Because he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he didn't make me buff or anything, but uh, he, like, he, he, man, up, he, he looked me up a little bit. Like, I'm on the animation diet, I guess. So like, <laughs> I was like, the last video, he, he, they animated one for us, fuck man, probably like eight years ago or something. And uh, yeah, like it's like, you know, big round face, you know? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right, that's me. I get it. But come on, man, make me look. Like a pulse, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, I keep looking down. My dog, my dog's being really cute right now. She's very cute. Nice. <laughs> uh, take me back to take me back to growing up. Take me back to young Tony Foresta. All right. Where, where you want? Where you want to go here? When you when you, you, when go, you, you want to go Virginia? Are you, you are your, yeah, I mean, you're. I I don't know if it's Florida or Virginia where it starts, but do you are, you, are your parents musical? Like, are they are you exposed no. to music a lot? Like through them? My mom was in choir. Um, yeah, my mom my mom was in choir, but yeah, that's about it. My dad's not very artistic at all. He was like, he used to, when we were kids, he was like the mean Italian gangster kind of dad i mean he you know he just works hard and, you know yeah just like kind of intimidated everyone in the neighborhood but um he ended up being a really he's, he's a cool ass dude now so we get along really well maybe when we were younger it was a little different but now he's like he's pretty fucking awesome and um my mom was is killer she she um was always supportive of my shit even though it caused conflict in their relationship you know like i was just not good in school um i was a handful i partied really hard yeah no i mean like not like young like young i wasn't like doing blow and shit or anything like that but i was like i drank a, a good amount like I would say when I was like 17, 18. Yeah. Like, but when you're like, when you're yeah. just like a kid, kid, you're not like, are you just into sports? Are you into like Star Wars or anything? Or like, yeah, I was on the, I was on the wrestling team. Um, well, I was into Star Wars. I surfed a lot. Like down here, I was like, I don't know, with like a lot of the surfers. Oh, yeah. Um, that's how, like, yeah, like, um, one of my fucking good friends here, or a friend, like moving back here. It's, it's, it's cool moving back here too after like, so many years you know it's a couple decades like i'm running it shit like almost 30 years like but yeah it's like um i'm running into people that and, and i'm remembering things like oh like you fucking snuck me out of my house when i was 16 to go see dri like that's crazy like remember that he's like yeah i remember that like my buddy was you know i'll see that guy every once in a while too but yeah so it was like i hung out with some of the older like surfers um, are, are your so your parents are together though like for a while while you're young and then they, they you know they were on and off for a long time oh, until okay. like um i got out of high school basically but it was it was weird you know my dad was has um started like had his family business which i can't even really explain it it's like involving micro trips and shit and like um at the time he was getting that off the ground and where he needed to be was was on the other coast of florida so he was driving back and forth and they were kind of fighting. I was sucking in school. I have another brother who has cerebral palsy um, oh. and I have an older brother. So I'm the youngest of three and we're all like, you know, a handful in, so, in our own way. Like, uh, cerebral palsy is the one where your spine kind of 
Yeah, it's, it has something to do with like um, not getting enough oxygen during the the childbirth. So um, yeah, he he can't walk. He can't. Um, oh, wow. He can. He can't really talk, but he can communicate. Like I can talk to him. You know, people that have lived with him or been around him a lot. Like we could talk, um, but I feel like it, like if a stranger, they wouldn't know what he would be saying, you know, yeah, that's so it's like heavy. pretty extreme. That's yeah, it's pretty extreme. So my mom had a lot of fucking shit to deal with. And I was like last on the list of problems. And, and I was also very creative. I got accepted into this like, um, like, at, like gifted kind of school here. I don't not gifted. It's like, um, like an, like, fame or something that's a terrible way to describe it but it's it's like the center for the arts and that was a ninth grade that was a ninth grade um and i tried to do that she knew that i was more into like creative kind of stuff but none of us really knew what they just knew i was weird and like yeah you know into are you in, you're into horror at this point? Like you're really into horror as a kid? Not not so much. No, I didn't really get into horror until I made the rich man. Like I, I was into movies and um stuff like that, but I didn't really get into like the whole genre or like the the crazy stuff until like I moved. That, that's when I moved. Uh I kid scale. I wasn't very good. I wasn't even that great of a of a surfer, but I was obsessed with it. So we would go out there. And either surf or skimboard like every day like there's not a lot of waves on this coast but when there was like we were always out there we'd skip school if we had to um you know and just just to do that and then and then where my dad worked on the other coast that's melbourne that's that's where kelly slate is from that's like a big surf area so back then i mean this is like 91 92 i was like going over there and like surfing all the fucking time um now i can't even paddle out i don't think like i i tried it one i'm time sure you on the could West you coast. could probably it and it probably just comes I, back i tried it in california and it was not cool and i go oh, you know what i think i'm good i think, I'm, <laughs> I, said, I, think I don't want to do this ever again <laughs> the last time I, the last time i surfed i was paddling out and i started getting a cramp in my neck i'm like jesus christ <laughs> like what the fuck like you know just having to hold your neck up all that time like i'm fuck I, I, I respect, like, I respect my friends that still do it. Uh, Randy fucking, you know, lived yeah, in Virginia sure. and yeah. surfs his ass off, man. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, in a way, I wish I could have stuck with it, but I'm also like, there's no way. It's like, <laughs> I also, like, don't really have the body for it. I'm kind of, like, short and stocky, so I'm not really, I'm not going to be, like, doing aerials and shit. Like, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> look pretty dumb. When do, you, when, do you, when do you get into a band? Like what, what? That was who, when I moved to Virginia. Who who, was, uh, who gets you in the band? Do you just go? I'm going to start a band, or does somebody go? Hey, you seem like you're the singer. You should be in a band. I was wanting to be in a band because I'm jealous of my best friend who is, lives down here, who we're actually still fucking great friends. He's like my family now. Like, um, we've been close friends since we were uh, like a couple years old. Like, we were, lived in the neighborhood together. He started playing drums in a band down here, right uh, around the, right before I moved. Um, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And he, he ended up being a great drummer. He still is a great drummer. And uh, so they were doing all the, I moved, you know, to Virginia and all the friends I used to hang out in my neighborhood 
like started jamming together and they were doing like screeching weasel like ramonesy kind of like not not pop punk but like rock and rolly like pop punk like you know ramon style early Um, early 70s yeah yeah and uh, like sort of like that yeah and uh and they look like the funnest shit in the world and i was kind of like man that's like and and he he was also um partially responsible for like getting me into music and going to shows i was like uh um like a little bit older than him so when we were at that age i was able to like go to shows like i would go to like the bigger shows in in this in florida in this area um like i would see dancing or i would see like you know dear i saw deer i saw helmet and the jesus lizard and like right, right. I, I went to a couple punk shows like i saw the pink lincolns at, at uh this place called blue chair i think it was called but um but like when i really like what really got me like figuring out what i wanted to do was when i moved to richmond and i met with um this guy named matt mills who was like this like incredible ball of energy who was also one of the funniest people i ever met but he was obsessed with horror movies like fucking obsessed with horror movies he was a sick fucking drummer and we both just we were inseparable like the second i moved to virginia and then he was just like hey do you hear this do you hear this like we went and we went out like um i remember we went and saw corn open for house of pain and there was like 10 people there with when corn played and we like like so saw corn and we're like hanging out with them and they're like <laughs> we were like party with them now it's like like you never fucking know that or care or remember but um back then it was like oh those guys are cool yeah like but but like but we were really are you, are you like, hanging out with monkey i yeah i actually remember that name and then there was uh the bass player at the time, I don't, he's, I, I know Ross playing with him now, so I don't know who it would be. If this guy, this was literally like a couple months that House of Pain tour. Yeah. Was Biohazard on that? Biohazard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I saw yeah. that. I saw that in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, but I think they didn't play the Richmond show or something, but um, I can't remember. But anyway, like we, we were kind of like, um, we really, really loved like the Richmond scene and, and, we were watching that shit pop did you off. Ca- did you catch House of Pain on that night too? I, honestly, I only I, I I did see House of Pain. He had like pink hair. Everlast yeah. had like pink hair, right? Okay. Or no, not I, yeah, I never, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did see, yeah, I did see one, but um, right on. But yeah, that was <laughs> it, it, didn't, it. Didn't blow you away or anything. Uh, we were more like, holy shit, corn. Okay. You know, like, okay. we were like, we're like, what is this? That guy had bagpipes. That was wild. <laughs> Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm in like fucking like 11th grade. I was like, holy he's, shit. He's talking about faggots. Like, what the fuck? I mean, at that, at that time, you got to admit, corn was pretty extreme. You it was know? awesome. Like, that yeah, was, it was like, it was great. You're, you're being a person going, going, think you're going to go see Jump Around, and then this band comes out. It's like, you know, like, totally. That probably shocked a lot of people at that time. I guess I'm um, a faggot. You know, like, you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't hear anybody um, saying that at the time. You know, it was a very masculine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So then we were, I think once we started like getting into like the Richmond bands and that was there, that was when Richmond was fucking insane. There was like born against and you had a veil and then 
like um four walls falling and there was just all these like even like the 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 high school bands were like incredible and of course guar like you know mm-hmm. that was when fucking guar was like crazy fucking crazy you know like mm-hmm. live from antarctica a little bit well, i mean a little later after that but you know what i mean it was like that was like when the flood zone was still popping off and i saw a veil and rancid at the flood zone rancid oh, shit. played before a veil you know and um yeah i mean so that was when we were like whoa this this is what i want to be a part of this is like what i want to do for me especially and uh just you know so we started playing music in in my mom's barn she had a she had a little house with a barn uh south of richmond and um it was so bad we were so bad but we we did it and we just kept writing songs and we had our high school buddy who plays drums yeah yeah he ended up yeah like fast forward a million years later he me and him not even a million years, probably like five or six years later, me and him moved to Long Beach when I California. Yeah, for a year. And he he ended up joining uh Phobia for for a hot minute. Yeah. So that was like cool. And uh yeah, so um we just really loved loved that Richmond scene and we were we were started like we were from Colonial Heights though. So we were like the rednecks that would come up and, and try to you know, hey, we, we like punk too, you know, and like we were trying to, you know, play with these bands that we really liked. And, you know, we almost like looked looked up to the Richmond bands because they were from, you know, the city. Right. And we were from, from outside and we were even like looking up to like bands that were like our age or younger, you know, we were just like, oh, wow, this is so cool what they're doing. And, um, and it like influenced me to like, you know, you you can set up your own fucking shows. You can you're in charge of your shit, your band shit. So that's kind of what we did. And we started setting up these parties, keg backyard keggers. Yes. At, at, in but in Colonial Heights area, you know. So this is like thirty miles, no, about twenty miles south of Richmond, which back then especially for city kids it's like fucking yeah. like let's go out say, there. it doesn't so, seem far but it's fucking far yeah <laughs> so we started we started inviting the richmond bands to play these parties and we would mm-hmm. put them on and we would, we would go get the the wood pallets from behind the grocery store at the food lion and make a fucking stage out of them <laughs> nice. we put them out put them out in the fucking field and get it get a couple extension cords from the house right. go out in this big ass field and there was like fucking 500 people showing up oh, out, shit. Out to these wow. fucking shows. And, and it really like, like a lot of our friends in Richmond were just like, what the fuck is going on down there? You know, and it would be like rednecks, you know, and like yeah. there'd be some punks and there'd be some, and there'd be fights, you right, know, right, and like, right. you know, frat guys, but they like love the bands. They would, you know, they, and we, you know, we were not, that's, so we kind of started, had a camaraderie going with, with, uh, these Richmond bands. And then we, we were like doing our own thing too. Like we, um, fucking, uh, my buddy that drummed, he was the manager of this, this movie theater and I was the projectionist. So we like pretty much had full run of like a huge AMC movie theater. So after hours we throw parties there. So we'd have, we'd have band practice there. And, um, it was fucking wild, man. (laughs) It was really, really crazy time. That's and then, cool. uh, and then we, you know, we were pen pals, um, 
you know, like tape traders, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were doing that shit. We were trade, we were trading like live, like, like legs. VH, VHS tapes, oh, okay. you know, like of like, like shows and stuff. Like, so we tell, you know, like, uh, you want this live Jesus Lizard show or like misfits fucking, you know, real shitty 20 million times dubbed over misfits bootleg videotape and then we you know trade me that and i'll trade you this shit so we met this guy jason hodges who played in the band called suppression and then we're like all right we're gonna fucking we're gonna move to richmond and we'll all live together and that kind of got us in rich living in richmond and i already i just started setting up shows in richmond because i already was doing it in cornell Heights. so it's like i always had the mentality like if nobody's going to book your band, book your fucking band yourself and right. do it yourself, you know, just like, so we would set, you know, I'd book house shows in Richmond. I booked, I booked a house show for pig destroyer in uh, like 90. Wow. Crazy. At 98, 97. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Like right when they started. Um, yeah. I mean, that was, I wish I knew the years, right? But long, long fucking time ago, you know? But, um, so yeah, it was kind of like our whole thing is where it's always just like, we're doing this regardless um, if we're cool or not. (laughs) And it just, you know, then we just end up getting a lot of friends from that and just building like this whole crazy Richmond thing. And uh, we loved it. Lemmy says that, uh, that the reason you, dudes getting a band is to get laid <laughs> and that if they and if they tell you otherwise they're lying <laughs> so do you do you start a band to to get laid do you get laid because you're in a band for the first time i maybe that's a good question i don't know i i mean i'm i'm handsome <laughs> you're a good looking guy you're a lovable guy you are, you are too we got good teeth we got good teeth so i don't know i i mean usually everything lemmy says is, is pretty much spot on so right. um, you know i'm not gonna argue with lemmy is, is, the, <laughs> is the first time that you get laid is there a horror movie playing in the background? Is there a record playing in the background? No, it was like Toto or something. Toto. I wasn't Toto. I wasn't in a band. I wasn't in a band. Okay. Yeah. So no, like not not before in this case, in band. Lemmy. It was before I was in a band. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So so I was, Toto what Toto was Toto in the background. Why it was Toto? like uh it was uh, uh I think it was just like in it just in the other room, but I remember I, it was like something like Rosanna, something that something at the time. Like I, I would fuck with some of that, but like at the time, I was not into it, <laughs> like music wise. Right, right. Getting getting laid, I was probably into it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you was, so if you was before you were in a band, you were probably like fourteen or fifteen or something. Sixteen? No, I, no, I was uh, like seventeen. Okay, okay, yeah. And yeah. Toto's in the background. Don't remember the song or anything. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> was it her choice to put on Toto? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like they were like, a, like people in the other room. Like, okay, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so, so Toto's just was, playing. You know, yeah, yeah. It was nobody. The, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was like you know we were like snuck off into a room. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I haven't even thought I haven't thought about that in like a long ass time. It's funny. 
You'd be, sub- you'd be amazed how many people lost their virginity to Slayer. I, oh, I, man. I, I, I think that's I'm bullshit. So- I call bullshit on that. <laughs> They're just like saying that shit to be like the metal person. I, I tell you what, I've had a couple of people. I'm not, I can't name any names because they asked me specifically to cut it out of the show or whatever. But like, you would be totally shocked at the people that like lost their virginity to slay and then asked me to take it out. Of like, don't, I can't have that end up in, you know, <laughs> in public. And I'm like, why? I'm like, you're 10 times cooler because you got laid to Slayer for the first time. What the fuck? Yeah, that's like not yeah, I'm like, leave it in. Like you just went up ten <laughs> I wish I knew what I wish I knew what the song was, but I was so nervous. Right. Of course. You know, like there's <laughs> Are you drunk? Are you sober? Are you drunk with the first I, time? Yeah, I was sober, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I t- I took her on a date to, to Pizza Hut. Nice. In Richmond. In Richmond. There was a Pizza Hut in Richmond. Nice. <laughs> I think it's still there. Quite, tra- on, uh, quite charming. Across from the science museum, and we went back to Coyle Heights. I think I, I paid for uh, <laughs> I paid for wine coolers because <laughs> I wasn't old enough. Oh to buy wow! I, I wasn't wine old enough to buy coolers. alcohol. <laughs> California coolers. <laughs> Pizza Hut. Yeah, nice, nice. Oh man, this has been a great conversation, dude. You uh, you're going back on tour, right? Like you're, you, I see like you guys got like a ton of dates with so many fucking bands. It's crazy. Like you're supporting yeah, Circle Jerks, right? Did, you're going out with. Uh, we just did the Circle Jerks. Oh, okay. Then, you just um, did it. Okay. Our our plan of attack for for the time being is like what well, with COVID, you know, you plan shit like months and months in advance. But I was kind of like, well, everything's still so up in the air. Why don't we just spread it out a little bit and just do like little areas and do like. Like, let's do Northeast, let's do Northwest, let's do the middle, let's do that. So we were kind of starting to plan that um, while like it was still up in the air. It was just, it was just, it's, it's heartbreaking to cancel a tour. Canceling a tour that's only a week long is not as heartbreaking. Right. <laughs> so we were kind of like trying to have a good uh, plan of action for like, okay, let's just do like short runs, month apart and see what what works and that way you know we're not out on the road for three weeks and then all of a sudden somebody gets it or you know the venue shut these venues start closing down or so so it was kind of um kind of playing it a little safe but i'm not gonna lie it's pretty cool like um being able to like curate different tours with like bands we like and you kind of just do whatever the fuck we want to do um it's a weird way it's a weird way to go about it where um, maybe it's not as lucrative, but I feel like it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was the plan for that, at least. Are you, got, you, are you doing Europe? You doing festivals or anything? We're, we, we were supposed to do um, a lot of festivals in Europe, but Europe's still, like, I think now it's, it's better, but yeah. it was, it, you know, you had to plan Europe so far in advance when, we, when it was... Um, going down we were kind of like let's just come back next year when right. everything's chill so the the, the the few shows we did have we had some pretty cool festival things we just were like focus next year we gotta re- we can't we're not gonna go out there and risk doing this so right yeah we pulled out but we are going out in september with anthrax 
and that's definitely happening and that's oh, like shit. in europe yeah that's and that's yeah yeah that's, that's, that's gonna be like it's like nine six six or nine weeks or something yeah That'll be and they're doing it's like the among the living anniversary or something like that it's oh, like wow. it's gonna be really fun you know we of course we love them it's like a big influence on us so yeah you, it's gonna be a tour with them before right yeah a long time ago did you tour, yeah. did you tour with them on another among the living cycle yeah you did, yeah. Actually, I, was. I think yeah, I saw yeah. you guys on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh that what the fuck was that? That, that was, was uh I think High on Fire was on that too. Yeah. For yeah. That was really good. But yeah, so I mean that's that's great for us. So luckily and that'll be when the record's out as well too. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's the, a lot of cool some stuff of the European festivals are getting canceled for the war now. So like that's a whole other thing that's going that's on. Like, so sad and fucked up and yeah. such a bummer. Yeah. <clears throat> Bummer. Yeah, but good for you guys, man. No, I'm stoked for you. You got your record coming out. Electrified, not electrified. Electrified brain. Electri- electrified brain. No electrified bane. <laughs> July, right? July. July. Yeah. One Let's more plug for your. Let's, one more plug for your July. thing. Yeah. Thanks for plugging. Yeah. Thanks for remembering to plug. <laughs> plug it because my dumb ass will just keep talking about the Beastie Boys. Cool. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, right there. That was the mighty, mighty Tony Foresta from the mighty municipal waste. No fucking regrets. No fucking regrets. With Rob Flynn.